We're back, and it's another heavy week as we sit three weeks into a war between Israel and Hamas. We still have hostages now returned home. We have growing death tolls. We have the war escalating on different fronts. And it's causing major division, and nowhere is that more evident than on college campuses. So I'm going to spend a little time on that today and the safety piece of it. Because it doesn't matter who you are. On a college campus, you deserve to feel safe. I speak with my parent hat on. If I'm paying $60,000, $80,000 a year for my child to be on a college campus, I want to know that it's safe and more and more, as you look at campuses this week, you saw them be the sites of violence, the sites of anti-Semitism in particular, and protest. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So one little spend a little time talking about how in the midst of an increasingly violent and, and dragged out war, things that if I waved my magic wand and I'm now the head of a institution, I would certainly be trying to do. The first is realizing that on October 7th, and I've said this many times and I will keep saying it, on October 7th, we woke up to an existential crisis for Israelis in particular, members of the Jewish diaspora globally. And so when you think about racial, ethnic, religious identity, however you want to intersect, and that's a major counterpoint where now you are put into a fight or flight response. And so I think that's the first thing that leaders, if they weren't aware of, needed to be aware of. And if they weren't talking or checking in with members and leaders of the Jewish community in particular, following October 7th, they needed to be. Because that would have been the first check-in point to start to get ahead of how you can take measures on campus to make students, faculty, extended families feel safe. Most colleges have not only a president, but all kinds of provosts and, and other administrators whose sole job is to make sure that campuses stay vibrant and safe. Many campuses employ their own police forces, whether they're called police or departments of public safety. And all of these arms should have been activated following October 7th. Now, many schools took time to release statements. I'm going to focus in on my alma mater, the University of Pennsylvania, which has been under increased scrutiny because prior to October 7th, they hosted a Palestine rights conference on campus, which 
drew much critique. And so the campus was already in a heightened state of awareness when it came to the Jewish-Palestine conversation, the Israeli-Palestine conversation, excuse me. And so following October 7th, University of Pennsylvania in particular took time to release a statement. One came out by President McGill. But what I've seen, and this brings me to my next thing, is that though University of Pennsylvania and others, whether it was universities or high schools, whatever the school level may be, while leaders release statements, I have not read where there were meetings with students or Hillel leaders right away. Many campuses are blessed to have affinity spaces for the Jews in the Jewish community in the form of Hillel houses, places of worship. That meeting should have taken place immediately as far as I can see, because a couple of things would have been accomplished. First, you'd have gotten a chance to hear how people are feeling and allow them to express themselves with how they're feeling and how they're doing, how they feel threatened so that there was a better understanding of what is going on. If you're not Jewish, it would have been very difficult to process the visceral emotion. So those meetings should have happened immediately. And the other thing that would have been helpful is that in meeting with those people, now you have an opportunity to brainstorm solutions. So for example, in recent days, the Halal House at University of Pennsylvania has been vandalized. Anti-Semitic remarks have been shouted across campus. There have been many protests on campus. Some of the ones I saw on the socials noting that is Israel's committing genocide. And that is only going to heighten, further heighten emotions on campus. So if you have those conversations, you have ways to think about protecting students from that. Just today at Cornell, you have highly anti-Semitic thoughts that were posted on a discussion board, references made to a building on campus that is home to the kosher dining hall. The leadership of Cornell was alerted right away and the police and FBI are now involved. This is, this shows that there are ways that universities can act to address threats that they receive. And it just seems like when it came to October 7th, people were a step slow. And I would hope that in the time since and seeing as the war is going to continue to drag on, it's not going to end anytime soon for many, many, many reasons. And I don't want to spend my time today on it because I am, I am no authority in this. This is not my area of scholarly expertise, but what I do understand and what I can understand is that at the heart of a campus, you have students that you have to keep safe. 
that I do understand. And so if you are a school leader of any kind, you can't duck any conversation that needs to be had to make students feel safe, whether it is with students themselves, whether it is with faculty and staff, whether it is with families, all those conversations need to be had because they are all stakeholders in the school community. And when it comes to people who bring violence and hate to campus, whether in the form of anti-Semitism or as we've seen growing concerns about Islamophobia, those people must be held accountable. If you have no accountability, then you will continue to have chaos. And colleges can't be places where there's chaos. And there's so much more room for it because unlike in a school, kids come to school, you can heighten security, you can make sure you close gates, you can make sure nobody leaves, you can make sure nobody comes in who isn't supposed to, and you can send kids home to their families safely. On a college campus, that is not the case. Dorms are spread all over the place. Many campuses are open access, so anybody can walk onto campus. So it is a much more daunting job, yes, but one that with proper planning has to be handled. Has to be. So whether it is increased security presence in key places, whether it is providing spaces for courageous conversations so that people don't feel the need to have to protest because they already have the administration's ear, whether it is having faculty leaders who are able to educate and provide helpful information, all of these ideas must be considered and exhausted. And it can't just be about responding to the pressure of big dollar donors and influential trustees. It can't be knee jerk. It can be seen as catering to making sure that the advancement goals for the year are reached. Students have to be at the center. Faculty have to be at the center. As I continue to read about what's going on at my alma mater, it's not just students who are feeling threatened, it is adults. It is faculty who fear that perhaps because of their scholarship or because of positions that they've taken, that their livelihood, their careers, their families, their safety are all being threatened. So universities have to look out for them as well. I know in talking to some folks that if universities can say to adults, you can't talk about this thing that's happening on campus, then they can certainly make it clear that any conversation happening around 
Israel and Hamas be done in a certain way to ensure campus safety. I'll stop there for now before I switch gears to think about what's next on college campuses because the current protests and discussions are just the tipping point, the tip of the blade, I should say. I'll be back. I do want to say before I get back into safety, I am uplifted this week to see the number of protests that continue to call for humanitarian action, whether it be for aid to get to needy Palestinian civilians who have found themselves at the wrong end of bomb attacks or whether it is the restoring of self-service to Gaza so that people can communicate and find ways to escape war zones. My belief in humanity continues to live when I see protests of these kind and calls of these kind coming from all sides in the face of the rampant hate that is also coming from all sides. It is, these are tough times we live in for sure, which gets me back to safety on campus. As the conversations continue, the calls for justice, for freedom and all things that are being waged in this battle between Israel and Hamas. What colleges have to figure out is how they're going to handle and put up guardrails, support structures, and have productive ways to have conversations around the growing calls for American divestment in Israel. We are seeing this already happen on campuses such as George Washington in Columbia. And it makes me reminisce about the call, calls for divestment from companies that had ties to South Africa during the reign of apartheid there. Again, it's interesting how history replays itself. Colleges have to be prepared for this because these conversations will continue, certainly as the war continues and likely even after, as we live in such polarized political times. One of the things that has been most disturbing to see is that students who have been using their agency to advocate for their beliefs have been having their information blasted out into the world and branded in ways that might make it difficult for them to find employment and carry out a life without being harassed. The company Accuracy in Media has deployed trucks to campuses like Harvard, Penn, and Columbia 
that out students who have signed anonymous letters, many in support of Palestine and its, its freedom. And this is something colleges have to come up with a strategy to combat whether it's cease and desist orders or making sure that those letters are not leaking. Because students should be able to express themselves and also grow from stances that they take as they become more mature and adult without having to be labeled forever by what they said when they were 18, 19, 20 years old. So I'll continue to advocate for campus safety, no matter what the cause is that you're advocating for, because again, all students who go to college deserve that right to not be faced with violence, as we're seeing. It's a heavy week. This was probably the most difficult podcast I've had to do this far, thus far. Because there's so much involved and it's affecting people so deeply. And I'm watching it strain relationships all around me. But this is what you take on when you are an educator and you are charged with ensuring the safety of children. And so it's not something that I will shrink from, it's something I will continue to do with all the energy I have. Do the honor roll, have something to cheer about, close out the show. As I mentioned last week, it was homecoming season, a particular holiday basically for HBCUs, our historically black colleges and universities. And so on the honor roll this week, I want to salute Sean Diddy Combs, AKA Love currently for presenting a $1 million check at his alma mater, the Mecca Howard University so salute to Brother Combs for taking his resources and bringing it back to a place that was instrumental in making him the mogul that he continues to be today. It was so good to see so much joy on my timeline as people return to the yard to fellowship, connect, and touch base with friends, family, and loved ones we will cover homecoming season a little bit more next week. As currently it is the Spellman Morehouse, AKA the Spellhouse homecoming this weekend among others. So that's all I have this week. Again, this was a tough one to put together. Hope there were some nuggets. Hope everyone stays safe. Hope everyone finds ways to maintain community in these tough times. We'll see you next week. The views expressed by John Carroll and his guest in the preceding podcast are solely that of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers, companies, or other associated parties. Mm -hmm.